0: It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The
2: Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From
3: the Willow Window Broadcast Center, Willow Window. Making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro.
0: Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, here's Truman Jones.
1: John Blankenship. Oh, yeah? Well, Russ Pulley, my old buddy. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard for me to say Russ Pulley anymore without laughing. Well, and well, good, good. First of all, good morning, Rutherford good County. Morning. We were we were running late this morning. Um, you thought that we were still over at Sylvan Park, mm-hmm. but and you had to yes. drive all the way from Nashville. Yes, and uh, I had uh, told you years ago mm-hmm. that we would always have a place for you here in Rutherford County mm-hmm. since you were our uh, resident. Uh, uh, I, I guess it would be a resident FBI Under, agent.
2: Resident underling. Resident guy that did whatever the sheriff told me to do.
1: When was that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but a lot of people think the FBI d- does not work well with local <clears throat> law enforcement officers. But you were the, by far the best that ever came in here. Of course, I, I, I hope some of them are You're not kind. listening. Uh, Utley, you told me, has retired. <laughs> He's
2: retired. Uh, Utley sure Noble,
1: is. bless his heart.
2: <clears throat> He's retired. Uh,
1: and, and some others that were really good good FBI agents and good friends, but you were kind of special. Uh,
2: well, thank you. You, well, worked really, felt-
1: you, lo- you worked really well with us, and I know part of that was because we would give you uh, a few cases that we had already worked so yes. you could make some points <laughs> in Washington and other places and 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 you, you, you took advantage of that yeah, and exactly. I appreciate that I remember exactly. uh, th- even the local things you know mm-hmm. Mo Brown mm-hmm. uh, invited you and myself and our families over to uh uh, eat Christmas dinner that she yes. cooked for us and mm-hmm. things like that. And you became mm-hmm. quite well-known in, in Rutherford County.
2: Yeah, and it all started with me taking credit for all your good work.
1: Yeah, and and, and, <laughs> and, and, and we were happy to oblige you. I, I can tell you that right now. That's right. A, every time something would happen to me nationwide, you would be yeah. the one that would be answering yes. all the questions yeah. and had the the, the the TV cameras <laughs> on. And, and, with and, and you smiling
2: it. in the background. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, you have a, an important position, uh, not, Is on, you not only with your NCA, SEC. I guess officiating would be the proper term. That's
2: right. That's exactly right.
1: Because you, you are an umpire. You, you're the one with the big U on your back. Uh, standing behind or right where the linebackers that's are. That's right. It's
2: a sport of football, yeah. so
1: that's right. And you have, uh, I watch you every time you're on television because you do a great job, and you've always said to me, don't make a call unless you're 100% sure That's right. that yeah. it happened. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed you've always done that. Yes, the worst
2: thing you want to do is inject yourself in the game unnecessarily.
1: And you don't want to control the the outcome of a game. You do not. Mm -mm. Which I I, I find it amazing. If you look into, especially into the pro sports, look at football and pro sports, I've seen a lot of games where I thought a call or two may have decided the outcome of a game. And that really bothers me because... Um, that's not what it's meant to do. And football
2: officials will tell you, the good; the, those who are there for the right reasons, uh, of course, will tell you the same thing, that, that the last thing that we want to do is to negatively impact. Now, yes. you've got to have courage to make the right call at the right time, if that means at the end of the game or whatever. Uh, it doesn't mean uh, don't do your job. What it means is do your job correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and time, experience, work uh, you really have to work hard at this Mm -hmm. and uh, you know from your professional days working hard is uh, typically when nobody else is watching Uh, so you can't just it's like the old athletic days you know uh, uh, the work's put in when nobody else is is watching you and if you don't do that then when the cameras turn on you you're not prepared so same with us you know uh we're working hard right now and it's march mm-hmm. getting ready for a season that starts in september um and if you don't put in that work and you're not prepared then you won't be able to uh handle the situations as they arise so um uh you know a high level of focus is required, a uh, high level of dedication is required, a uh, big work ethic is required. Also, internally, you got to be there for the right reasons. The right reasons cannot be uh, what the sport does for me. It's got to be what I can do for the sport.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you remember John F. Kennedy also, right?
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, huh Country, just insert a different word. <laughs>
1: but, but, you know, it just not... Just uh, apply to sports. Um, We're in a a different environment right now totally in our country, and you've been in law enforcement Mm -hmm. all the way through Mm -hmm. in in all types. You understand law enforcement as well as anybody and and probably better than most people, and we are in a situation in, in our country where law enforcement people have become the bad guys and the crooks are the good guys uh, for for a lot of things. You're looking kind of like I'm putting you in a corner, but no, I'm really I'm not.
2: not. No, I'm happy to address that.
1: Yeah, because no. I know the media has has just totally uh, triggered law enforcement officers as people that are right there. Uh, uh, taking advantage of their badge and their gun and all that, which you and I know that's not true. Bad things happen a lot of times because of situations get out of control. But I am so happy that you, I, I think the committee, I think you told me it's been uh, – uh, absor- it's been taken away. It, it, it's no longer there. The well, one that was second-guessing the law enforcement officers that were out doing their duty, which I consider that a bad thing. Because Are I, you
2: talking about the – well, there's a couple of different things. Yeah. Um, there is a – they call it – the acronym is the COB, uh, a Community uh, or Citizens Oversight Board. That still exists, and that was. Uh, uh,
1: I'm sorry to hear that.
2: Yeah, that still exists, and uh, there are, are appointed members of the board that uh, typically the council will weigh in on. Mm-hmm. And but you know, they they're. they're th- let me say that their authority is is somewhat limited. They don't have the ability to write policy mm-hmm. or uh have any enforcement arm whatsoever their their recommendation body you know they can make policy recommendations uh but uh, the enforcement of uh of anything related to the police department is still solely the uh, the authority and the responsibility of the police chief mm-hmm. so um the what I will say is hopefully the you know the the relationship between the COB and the police department started out pretty rocky. Yeah, uh, we do have a new chief now, and there's a new executive director of the COB now. And um, although things that I personally hear come from some members of the COB, uh, you know, are a little bit concerning. Uh, uh, I uh, uh, I think the relationship component is getting better, mm-hmm. and um, and hopefully that will most importantly translate into a little more confidence on the – because let's face it, the most important people are the frontline officers who are out there doing the work, right. and they need to feel supported. I know they don't uh, because there's a lot of, as you suggest, rhetoric, uh, and the other – committee that you talked about was a police uh i wasn't sure which one you talked about but the policing policy commission that was put together and uh uh the mayor appointed me to be on it i think because i was the chairman of the public safety committee at the time on the council yeah um but uh yeah that was an interesting process because it was a 40-member board, and when you put so many people together, it's off, oftentimes that's where you find the two solid lines running down the middle of the road is uh, when you put a board together like that. But, again, that was designed to make policy recommendations, and uh, those recommendations would go to the police chief who would then uh, make decisions on uh, what to implement and what not to implement. So things are changing in law enforcement. I mean, uh, uh, since you and I were really doing this, you know, there's been an evolution. And I don't think some of it is healthy uh, evolutionary toward community policing because I think that focus is uh, is good. But in many ways we were doing that anyway. It's just yeah. that it, it wasn't um, as much an organizational part uh, uh, of what uh, the group was doing as, it much, as much as it was individual Uh, individual officers taking that approach because i know you and i we all liked our community going in there making relationships with uh, with all members of the community because it only made our job easier Uh, now there's a little bit more of a focus on that Um, and uh, uh, you know a a little greater focus on use of force and use of force techniques what i don't want to see happen is uh, police officers when they get thrust into situations where they need to make split-second decisions, hesitating and uh, um, not doing the right thing uh, at the right time. So, uh, um, And, of course, when you jump out of that into the world of politics and policymaking, you know, you know, what really is important I is... I just
1: started... Breaking out in the hives when you said politics and law enforcement,
2: yeah, I know, but unfortunately there is a there is an intersection there, so when when uh, when, when you start making policy like we will do on the council, and we 're going through that right now um these discussions it's really important in my estimation to keep the focus on the facts and the data and so often in politics sound bites rule the day if you've got the most clever sound bite whether it's supported with a factual basis or just sounds good oftentimes that's what people hear Uh, so you know and that's what we're hearing as we debate LPR cameras uh, uh, on a bill that uh, three of us have, have put forward to uh, give law enforcement officials more tools to to do their jobs, so um, you yeah, know that's the frustrating part. And again, to your other point, see, there's a lot to unpack here um, about uh, it, it, you know how law enforcement officers are looked upon nationally. Yeah, I think there's a lot a uh, a lot of um, a lot of steam put behind, uh, you know, movements that that really don't put the facts out there as they exist. And, you know, people want you to think one thing about what happened, but the facts uh, may reflect something different. And now uh, people are sort of, there are certain groups of people who cast sort of a, uh, a negative light on law enforcement officers uh, because maybe maybe the actions of less than 1% of law enforcement officers, uh, and maybe those facts just simply aren't true.
1: Yeah, and I think we see a, a lot more of that than I ever thought we would because, mm-hmm. as you know, when you were here and we were out there um, trying to protect our people here in our community... Uh, the people were just almost 100% behind us at the time because we had uh, good reputations. We did have a, a relationship with the community, which I, I thought was a, a really major thing that was going on. But we did not have uh, social media. We didn't have a uh, a national media that was... Uh, totally against us I, I have never seen things change so much and it's almost like that there's some group that's pretty much locked in behind changing everything as far as the safety of our communities and all the things that are going on and we we there if you want to find something that is newsworthy that it is related to law enforcement it's almost all negative and when you see something like that you and i have been through this i mean we have had um uh things that were on probably both sides of the ledger and if you look at it strong enough mm-hmm. you can actually come out with the true facts that are going on but what really bothers me, I guess, more than anything is when the law enforcement go out and do their jobs, almost automatically everybody's against them if it's involving uh, taking care of, of uh, a group, uh, a community somewhere, and then you have these uh, cameras out. The cameras are only going to pick up what these people want them to see, and, and mm-hmm. it. it It's not when we would arrest somebody, then we would go through the legal process of getting them in the court of law and and all the evidence would come forward. You know as well as I do that we can't present all that uh, evidence until we get to uh, uh, before a judge and, and all the legal process goes on. So before that happens... The law enforcement officer is being tried out there in public by people who want to make sure that it's a negative thing for the law enforcement officers and a positive thing for the person who has committed the crime, whether they uh, it, it has reached a point of uh, an officer having to use the last weapon that he has that uh, he can take care of the subjects that's going on. And the the law enforcement's out there not only protecting the public, but he's having to protect himself when a large group uh, will descend upon him and try to control the situation rather than the law enforcement officer controlling the situation. It's just totally absurd what we're seeing I don't know why they're saying take a break, but that, it's too early because I, I was just getting to my point. So, <laughs> yeah. well, I guess we'll take a break since he put that message here.
2: And then goes, you'll get to that point in a minute.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on NewsRadio WGNs. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com
3: this is Ryan Hall when the unexpected happens fair construction can help you whether there's a vehicle in your business or your home that's not supposed to be there it's in the news a car through the front door we can board it up where the place is secure and deal with your insurance company to get it back to its previous condition when the unexpected happens call fair construction company this is Ryan Hall with fair construction call 6158936120. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro. Our residents say the chefs at Adams Place run the area's best restaurant. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on site rehabilitation. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at bugstireprostn.com.
4: Friends, I've got some great news for you from Discount Mattress. They're moving, and to reduce cost, all remaining inventory is priced to go. You can save even more on their already discounted prices. They're located at 1614 Northwest Broad Street near the Georgetown Kroger. Discount Mattress has been serving Murfreesboro's mattress needs since 2001, is locally owned and operated, and is excited to offer these reduced prices prior to their move. Stop
3: in today at the corner of Northwest Broad and Northfield to take advantage of the moving sale prices. This is Scott. It's now time to make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at low T Center where they exclusively specialize in us men and they follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. And they're one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. low T Center has really reinvented the doctor's visit and they make it quick and easy for us men to give Get in and get all of our levels checked out, not just our testosterone. It starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all your numbers that are important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have noticed weight gain, or loss of muscle mass, they could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self inject at home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety. $135 $135 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. So book your annual wellness exam today. Go to lowtcenter.com. Low Center, reinventing men's health care.
4: Now an update from the WGNSradio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Rutherford County legislators announced $56.4 million has been approved for the county schools through the Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief Fund, a federally funded stimulus program created through the CARES Act. The money is part of $3.7 billion in federal funding from three coronavirus relief packages approved by Congress since last summer. The money must be applied to COVID-19-related expenses for preventing, preparing for, and responding to student needs created by the pandemic. Hundreds of faith leaders across the state are asking Governor Lee to reconsider allowing permitless carry of handguns. Governor supports a bill that would allow most adults 21 and older to carry a handgun without a permit. Outside the state capitol yesterday, pastors said more guns would not make the state more safe. The so-called constitutional carry bill is expected to receive final approval in the House next week. Rutherford County law enforcement officers are on the lookout for three vehicles believed to be involved in multiple targeted drive-by shootings that occurred recently at four different locations in Laverne. The most recent on Clear Lake Drive Tuesday morning. Well, kids were waiting for their school bus. The other shootings were on Mabel Drive, Archie Buchanan, and Nicole Lane, all in Laverne. Pictures of a vehicle allegedly used in the drive-bys posted on WGNSRadio.com. So a number to call if you have any information about the case. A bill to make amazing grace as sung by Dolly Parton, an official song of Tennessee, is moving forward. The legislation was introduced after the Sevier County native rejected a different bill proposing a statue be erected in her honor at the Tennessee State Capitol in Nashville. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock when it breaks and on demand at
0: WGNSradio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. This is Taylor Halliburton, and I'm inviting you to come shop with us at Bell Jewelers. Simon G. is a fantastic bridal and fashion jewelry line that we're fortunate enough to carry here at Bell Jewelers. What sets Simon G. apart from others is their quality. So their 18 karat white gold has something special that's called palladium that helps it from turning Bell Jewelers.
3: 821 Northwest Broad Street across from Toots. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street across from the tall NHC building. We've expanded our store. We've increased it about 600 square feet. We would just be very excited for everybody to come check us out. Proceeds from sales benefit Greenhouse Ministries, a faith-based nonprofit serving the underserved here in Murfreesboro. We were able to put merchandise into our store that we previously haven't had displayed, maternity clothes, scrubs, activewear, pajamas. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website Analexa, Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the mid 70s. Winds out of the southwest of 5 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, chance for rain and storms late alone near 57. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 57. Since 1981, Willow Window's been making homes beautiful all over Tennessee, from decks and railings to doors and windows. Visit willowwindow.pro. Willow Window, the official sponsor of the WGNS Studios. WillowWindow.pro.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS FM one hundred point five and one hundred and one point nine AM fourteen fifty and streaming at
1: WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Russ Pulley, and um, we're talking about uh, law enforcement and how it's being viewed today. And uh, um, it, it, it there's so many effects, Russ, when you start having politics getting involved with law enforcement as mm-hmm. you know and its originally wasn't supposed to be that way but of course um uh, you appoint uh, uh people who have been elected appoint police chiefs and those type things and and in a lot of ways that controls how a police chief observes what's going on in the police community and uh He's looking out for himself. It's a tough job. He's looking out for himself and the department, and that's something that's very people. The law enforcement officers uh, uh, really expect him to do his job and look at it just through the eyes of somebody who has been in law enforcement a long time and understands what goes on when you have to go to a um, bad situation and the officer's putting his life right there in the hands of um, uh, pretty much his training as how he's supposed to react in certain situations. So it really bothers me, and I think it bothers most law enforcement officers who've been in the business a long time, and they're seeing what's going on right now. And that has to put a lot of pressure on you because you understand it as, as well as anybody does.
2: Yes. And uh, you know, they come at me in both sides. Yes. Uh because you know, there are some old guard law enforcement officers who don't look at what's going on in the world of politics today yeah. and understand uh some of the things that we have to do. Uh so um my I actually have a much better relationship with those who are in leadership positions in the police department than I do their police union. Yeah. In fact, their police union did not endorse me in the last election because. That's uh, a shock. Well, not to me considering uh, the makeup of the union.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and, you know, their concern was for um, basically a single issue is, is, is where I got that from. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, they wanted a tax increase, and I voted against everyone that uh, has been proposed um, over the last three years. Mm -hmm. And uh, they saw one thing in the tax increase, uh, which included raises. So because of my position on that, uh, which I thought was very short-sighted on their part, um, you know, they wouldn't endorse me, which is fine. I mean, okay with that, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, uh, oftentimes uh, I think it's – a when you when you get endorsements, you have to be careful uh, because um, in politics, you don't want to be beholden to anyone. Right. And um, and so when I look at people who are stacking up piles and piles of endorsements, hmm, you know, the question then becomes, what do you owe those people? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I and did that also
1: include additions uh, uh, on the force, hiring new people. What's that? Uh, the tax increase. Um,
2: mainly the tax increase included, uh, um, included raises because what happened is in the budget that was ultimately passed, mm-hmm. which was uh, a 34% tax increase, there wow. was an amendment or not amendment that, but that substitute budget that, that, that was the council budget that passed and the mayor's budget had a 32% tax increase, uh, and of course, uh, uh, Councilman Mendez, promoted, who was a budget chair at the time, put forth a council bill that upped that to thirty four. But now <laughs> the how much was that in law enforcement? Well, that's what I'm getting to. Yeah. The interesting thing was uh, the two percent increase included a uh, two uh, over two million dollars reduced from the police department budget. Mm-hmm. Now. On the other hand, he put that money towards step raises citywide, uh, but our raises were all messed up. We have an open range and then we have merit and then we have a uh, regular merit based raise system mm-hmm. and the 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 raises put forth in that budget was inequity, so I filed an amendment which passed to give the police department back that uh, money mm-hmm. so uh they could hire because that money would have cost them an academy class. Uh, and, of course, what it did do, I did take it away from the raises, though. So uh, mm-hmm. it was more important to me to put police officers on the street, and we can address those raises
1: later. Well, if I know that they're having trouble uh, hiring new people because a lot of people uh, that used to or people that would normally be wanting to be uh, law enforcement officers, that it's just teachers. They're, they're going away from that because there's so many negative things going on as far as uh, how they're observed in, in the media. It, it almost scares new officers from taking part, and a lot of them maybe will go into law enforcement in smaller communities where you don't have uh, all of that media, uh, so, uh, negative media coming out. As far as law enforcement officers and things like that, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, to bring law enforcement officers in, you, they have to know that they're being supported by not only their uh, agency but by the people who they're going out and protecting. It, it's really a strange, strange <coughs> phenomena that I'm seeing.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, and, you know, I guess in comparison nationwide, uh, it's certainly worse in some areas than others.
1: Larger cities, usually.
2: Yeah, but you take a look at Nashville. You know, uh, we had some um, protests that got a little out of hand in Mm -hmm. Nashville. And, uh, you know, our law enforcement agency was not given any kind of... uh, Orders by the mayor to do anything but protect the citizens of Nashville, yeah. and, um, and and to do their job. Could you imagine being in a place like uh, Minneapolis or Seattle? Or remember when Baltimore yeah. uh, during the Freddie Gray uh, riots was yeah. told to stand down by the mayor? I'd have had a hard time uh, uh, with that as a police chief out there, and mm-hmm. not sure what my reaction would have been. Uh, but uh, these are places where. Um, You know, law enforcement is kind of being encouraged to to do things different than what you and I would like to have seen done in the protection of their community. So um, that's tough to work under those environments. Now, uh, uh, here locally, the respect issue, because uh, like you said, you know, they are uh, the the world is under cameras. I you know I've always been a strong supporter of body cameras because
1: yeah.
2: uh, I believe that uh, and you too. I mean we didn't have body cameras back in the day, and I wish we would have because yeah. video evidence is pretty compelling. And then that gets rid of these uh, guys who try to say that you're not telling the truth when you go up there and you testify in the case when you arrest somebody. Uh, so the video evidence is compelling, and uh, and you know. Um, it's going to bear out, uh, the facts of the case, which is what, uh, police officers want. They want yeah. the facts to, told and, uh, and they want the story told accurately. So, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, funding is an issue. So Nashville is, uh, you know, they've got body cameras, but not for all. So again, we're continuing not only funding, but policy and, uh, and it takes a lot of a lot of money to uh, uh, to really support the data and the evidence that's created by all of that. So um, anyway, I think I'm rambling now, so you might want to rein me in. No,
1: Nashville is, is a a city that you would not expect those negative type things to come forward as far as. Uh, the people who live there and uh, and the media itself, but it seems like it, the, it it's some type of disease that's running through uh, the media as far as if if they can uh, push something in a negative way toward law enforcement officers and protect, to be perfectly honest with you, nationwide it looks like. The bad guys are now the good guys, and the good guys are now the bad guys because that's the way it, they want it to be. And it really bothers me that they don't show the news as it really is, just like uh, one of the law enforcement officers uh, was shot in Nashville uh, just recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the media went to the person's uh uh, mother that shot the officer, and oh, I mean, it became a, t- a total emotional travesty uh, as, as far as how the uh, law enforcement officer conducted himself. And of course, the uh, officer was shot also during that. But thank goodness for the body cameras uh, because they showed what actually really happened. And it now it seems like the media rushes toward uh, the, the person uh, uh, supporters, whether it's a family member or whatever, and they want to give a, a total um, opposite version of what happened as so that they can be against the law enforcement officers. And that that really bothers me. And, and thank goodness that this officer did have the body cameras. What would have happened if it had been an officer without one is the question. Exactly, because
2: um, it doesn't fit the narrative. So whatever fits the narrative that uh, yeah. the media or particular organizations or particular interest groups have they they want to fit whatever talking point they can mm-hmm. into the narrative that supports their agenda.
1: Yeah.
2: And oftentimes what you see is a maybe a, a statement taken out of context or something that maybe may have a sliver of truth or may not. But you just keep jamming that narrative down people's throats, and people believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, get behind the motivation of people before you start paying attention to that. What uh, what's the media's motivation? They want to sell uh, advertisement. They want people to watch. Mm-hmm. So what they're gonna say? You know, their motivation is not to get it necessarily right. Their right. motivation is to sell uh, sell airtime. They have people watching their station. So it's very difficult to get uh, a true picture. Just go watch some of the news that uh, when, when a big story is out there and being covered by all the agencies, go watch the coverage from the different agencies. It's diametrically opposed. Why is that? Because you know they're, they're, they're covering this to meet their personal agendas uh, and their uh, audience group uh, is the only thing I can surmise from all that. And politics is the same way. I mean, when you listen to politicians, people who are elected officials, um, these people aren't necessarily subject matter experts on these. Uh, And politics is way more often a reflection than it is leadership. It's a reflection of who puts them in office. So um, they're reflecting what people who put them in office want them to, to do and say.
1: Uh, so you can't really be responsible that way though. Can you No, I
2: mean, I, I well, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess people would argue that, well, you know, they're a representative body of the people. Um, they're reflecting what we want. We elected them to reflect on. So, you know, I guess there's one argument that says, yes, you're at least hearing what the people want to, want to say. Uh, but I think it's way more important that we as elected officials when, uh, when matters come up, and this is certainly the way I have taken uh, uh, my role on the council, mm-hmm. is uh, when my constituents want one thing and I know the facts bear something else out, it's my responsibility to educate them. Say, hey, look, yeah. these are the facts. What you're saying is just not accurate. And um, Do,
1: do, do the, they change a little bit of how they really feel sometimes when yes. the camera's not there? And, and they can relate to the camera a little bit different than what they can with you behind the scenes. Oh, sure. Yeah,
2: that happens. I mean, that happens all, all the time. And I think you see uh, uh, people who are in Congress and the state legislature will tell you the same thing. You know, you can have decent, reasonable conversations, and then all the inflammatory stuff occurs in front of the cameras.
1: Bless your heart. I I don't know how you do it. you know in law enforcement you had to stay structured with within a system that you knew was right you didn't Mm want to go outside that and 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 inside that type of environment that would drive me you can still do
2: yeah you still do that you still uh, stay true to your values um and again you know i committed personally uh and, and I don't know how much higher you can go in terms of being an elected official somewhere else, Congress or whatever, because P, it takes a lot of money. And um, oh,
1: you can come to Rutherford County. It, Rush. it, it
2: takes a lot of money, and uh, you you have to have people donate to your campaign. And we'll the good get news, Mo
1: Brown to be your uh, and the good news is, is when you're uh,
2: <laughs> it, when you're a you know district council member, it doesn't yeah. take that much money, and you can tell people, look, you know, you're getting the ability to. You're helping get me elected, period. And that's it. And that's what I told people when they gave me money. And uh, yeah, I don't think you can do that at a higher level because people who are donating from big packs, they want something in front of money. Yeah. I've always contended, and I still do, that uh, the system that we have put together now to uh, to elect government officials is, is organized corruption.
1: Well, what really? But have. You- I know that you've been you're well educated, and, and I know that you have studied a lot of things. I love history, because if you look at history, you can kind of look at the mistakes that you made back in those days, mm-hmm. and the positive things that that you were mm-hmm. able to do in those particular things. And you look at things that maybe affected the world, just like uh, if if you look at Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler became a a socialist because he saw how much strength he could gather from being a socialist at the time. And he would concentrate on certain ethnic groups and uh, take away their particular rights, make them uh, bad guys, you might say, Mm -hmm. to put it easier. And, And he was able to build a major major uh uh military country and 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 build his own strength by doing that by uh chastising certain groups and and all the things that he could do to uh, the Jews primarily but almost everybody that didn't fit his particular bloodline that he wanted to uh them to be the ultimate uh, power in the world, uh, a particular bloodline. And, and and he utilized all kinds of propagandas and things like that to, to build his strength. And as I've looked in the last three or four years, and, and maybe even longer, but I have seen things changing in our country that I never thought would happen. And it's, it seemed like they're trying to just push us apart. And and people not be Americans uh, per se, but they they look at their particular ethnic history, and that's a terrible terrible thing to do in a country where my American history teacher told me one day the strength of this country is that we come from all walks of life and we all have certain gifts that we can put in and, and that's what made America great but we people are trying to uh, uh not be uh, uh united anymore they want us to be apart and and only look at certain groups of people as uh the ones that actually uh, have been the uh enemies of certain other groups and things like that and i'm seeing it in in the cities i'm not seeing it in the smaller communities uh, rutherford county is still a, a fairly small community i think we're the fir- fourth largest in the in the in the state now but i see it where we still have relationships here but as you get into the bigger cities it's almost like you look at brooklyn brooklyn was a, a major part of New York City, but if you look at it, you had groups. You had the Italians here, the uh, the Irish here, and and all of that. That, uh, and it seemed like it got as it got larger. Each group became stronger, but not united. And that's what scares me about what's going on. Nashville is one of those cities that could very well fall into that situation.
2: Well, it's a big city, uh, but you know it's still small in some ways because there are you are able to, uh, at least in my view, have relationships with uh, with people and with organizations. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, you know, there's a whole lot to unpack in what you uh, you your last little diatribe there. You know, I start thinking about. Um,
1: oh, I'm up in the diatribes now. You All are. right.
2: I know. You got uh, – I, and I I, uh, I want a shameless plug for your your apparel here. I don't know why it's not in a commercial, the Truman Show apparel. Um, Hell,
1: on my leg. Yeah, my you leg. got
2: uh, sweatpants, and I need a hoodie. And you know
1: how I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what surprised me. So – but, you know, th- think of our political system. Yeah. Uh, two party system. I mean yeah that's in largely responsible for gridlock and you think it about it uh you still you do lose one of the things I love about my position now is it's nonpartisan. I don't have to belong to a political party. It's a nonpartisan uh, position. All, lo-
1: all local elected uh positions should be and uh and I love that. Yeah. And
2: uh, But when you get into, just look, you know, look at the party line votes. They're so Mm. frequent. Well, you think that's by chance? That's not because you got a bunch of independent thinkers making those decisions who happen to swing from the uh, same political vine. That's organization. That's why they have whips. That's why they have uh, majority and minority leaders. Uh, to rein their people in, and you go against the political party leaderships, and you'll find you uh, on, on a regular basis you'll, you'll find you'll yourself outside, outside the party. Yeah, you'll be out of all
1: by yourself.
2: Yeah, go look at locally here. They've kicked people out of both of these parties because of uh, uh, of actions they've uh, 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 been a part of while they were up on the on the hill. So, you know, that's that's not something that I would really necessarily look forward to. Do you
1: it's think being- that we could? Uh, be successful under a one party, or just not have a party. Just just have candidates out there. Because I, I I'm starting to. I don't
2: know. I, yeah, I would sure like to give it a try. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the answer to how successful it'd be, and uh, I don't know that anybody else does either. So I'm not about to listen to somebody try to convince me because. Uh, I don't know what database they would use to support that. Yeah. It's kind of like these people are trying to tell me now that defunding the police is the way to go. Well, I mean, is that that's just because people are telling you that's a uh, uh, that's the new new best thing? And you know, the argument I've been heard is that well, you know, why is that the case? People are basically good. <laughs> well, people are basically good. Uh, then why do they? You know, you know I, I get there's some component of that that's right. But, you know, if you don't enforce the speed limit, people are going to speed. Yeah. Good people. You know, why trash all over the street in certain neighborhoods? You know, it's because uh, people are, are not really faced with enforcement of litter laws there. So you go look in Bell Mead, people don't speed. Why? Because they got a police department for that satellite city that does basically... Nothing but enforce the speed limit there. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's um, it's interesting to hear people's arguments and and to hear
1: the uh, the logic behind them for certain things. It's different at different levels of Mm -hmm. politics. Yeah. On the local level, when you have people come in and they're not tied to a political party, things seem to be more of the people that you uh, represent that have elected you to to those positions, I think you listen more to that. But if if you're, say, on a national level and you've been elected, it seems like you're there forever. I used Mm -hmm. to be one of those people that I was for People stay in longer because they become more educated at what's going on and they understand uh, what the government needs are or the state needs and on down the line. And they would uh, uh, put people in positions where uh, the people on the grassroots level could go to and have their questions answered and, and, and maybe... Uh, get the benefits of, of what they're supposed to be getting at the time. And uh, that is something that I don't agree with anymore because I've seen so much corruption that has gone on in at the national level that people come in that were just average, middle-class people and they go in for the right reason. Then all of a sudden, they're multimillionaires and... And they're in there forever if they want to. But if they want to retire, then they become lobbyists in in Washington. And all of a sudden, they're pushing the billionaire uh, status. And they're not there for us. They're there for for their own political, uh, financial welfare. And that really does bother me. Uh, um, You don't have that uh, person coming in there who is... Wants to see our country represent everybody and and be there uh, if if the world needs you. I mean, w- look what we did after uh, during World War II. We became the strongest country in the world uh, a- a- as far as being able to protect other countries across the world, and, and we're. Probably the only one uh, true d- democratic country in the world because we're we try to reach out to everybody in, in in our country and and they they try to do it in a right way and it' it's getting to the point like Rome when Rome <laughs> was so strong I mean all of the great countries that have been so strong militarily and every other way uh their greatest weakness has always been inside the country mm. i mean it, it, it's like a cancer that uh, and, and i kind of relate it to what's going on now a cancer will eventually destroy you it, it's and it sometimes I, I i wonder about are people looking at it in in a in a way that they can understand the direction that we're going. And it really does bother me.
2: Be careful with power. I mean, it seems like uh, power is something that's often envied and craved and people seek it and people will kill you to get it. And, yeah. But, you know, be careful because, you know, power can... You, you, you If you get in a position of power at all, uh, please you know, use it for good because uh I seldom ever pe- see people who who really ascend and they're and people who would not be using that powerful position for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. I seldom see things turn out well for them. I mean look at all these leaders who fight each other for power, look at uh dictators in other countries. Yeah. They oftentimes end up dead. <laughs> Being assassinated. Or killing everybody regiment. else yeah, around them. Exactly. So, uh, those aren't necessarily enviable positions to be in. So, uh, you know, I've always felt like, you know, uh, I don't know how much power corrupts people as much as it exposes people. Uh, yeah. You know, if you are corruptible and you get power, yeah, you're going to be corrupted. But it's your value system that got you there and, and, and got you into that mess to begin with. Uh, there are... There are plenty of people who are in positions of power use it for the right reasons. And if you do that, then you don't put yourself in those
1: spots. You know what I think you need? What? When you go to all these meetings that that you're having as a um, uh, representative of your district in, Mm -hmm. in Nashville, I think you need a whistle. (laughs) <laughs> and you you need some kind of and a flag uh, you, you need something on your on your back that denotes what your particular position is up there mm-hmm. and w- when you get get into some of these crazy arguments where uh there's very little logic being presented uh, uh across the table, I think you need to be able to calm everything down with your whistle. <laughs> And make your decision at that time as what's going on. Now, could you kind of change from being a um, an umpire, uh, uh, an, an official well, yeah. in a football game, and then when you see things getting out of hand, you blow your whistle, and then you make your decision at that time?
2: I'll tell you how uh, when I'm running the meeting, I can tell you how I keep order, I uh-huh. that's set the rules on the front end. All right, and uh, let it, it basically just uh, my typical thing is this is how we're not going to have anybody filibuster the meeting. You know, you're going to have a certain amount of time, and uh, you know, you know if you want to ask a tough question, that's fine. I mean, I'll give you a tough answer, but then you know we're going to call people one by one. And uh, that works. I mean, I haven't had a disruptive meeting in the six years I've been doing this, even on contentious issues. Because I think it's important that you give people a voice, Mm -hmm. but you do so in a way that's orderly and in a way that allows questions to be asked, you know, set time limits. So if you haven't been, if the meeting ends or this topic ends and you haven't gotten an opportunity to voice your opinion, then... Uh, I'll set a room in the back where we can go talk uh, uh, after the meeting or after that particular topic, so people get the opportunity to be heard. You just need to do so in an orderly fashion; it doesn't deteriorate into a screaming match like I've seen some before.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and then there are certain things that are
1: off limits. You don't get personal. People can't have that. What are the two hardest uh, as far as divisions? Of, of Metro, uh, whether it be education, l- uh, law enforcement, um, streets and roads, and all, all those things that involve um, participation but yet can turn into emotional-type subjects. What are, what are the two uh, sections in, in, in Metro of Davidson County that are the two hardest to deal with?
2: Um, uh, number one is zoning. You know, when you start dealing with zoning matters Mm -hmm. that, that affects, uh, neighborhoods and things of that nature, that's, Mm -hmm. that's up at the top. Um, and, uh, as a subset to that, you know, I, I can remember probably one of the big contentious meetings was, uh, when they talked about. Restructuring Franklin Road, Eighth Avenue, mm-hmm. going into town, and turning it into a uh, it sort of a road diet type thing, uh, and the business owners just went crazy over that. Uh, so uh, anything that affects um, and changes the way um, the way the status is currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Certain people get really up in arms about that. So meetings are designed to educate people on what the facts are Mm -hmm. and allow them to be heard. And oftentimes, once the facts are out there, um, then here's the facts. Do you like it or do you not like it? And if so, why? If not, why? Because, you know, people do have an opportunity to weigh in on those kinds of changes in their neighborhood and their community. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's, that's what the meetings are designed to do is to let people know what's going on, let people know why, find out if you like it, find out if you don't. And yes or no is not good enough. You, you need to explain why. So yes, because, you know, this is going to flood my neighborhood with traffic. Well, so if the facts tell a different story, then you can say, well, you know, here's the traffic data and this is what is going to happen with the traffic Uh this is going to be an assisted living facility, so it's not going to tr- uh, create a fourth of the traffic that a residential unit would. Oh, thanks. Now I'm supportive. Mm-hmm. So that's what oftentimes comes out of those kinds of meetings. But I'd say zoning is contentious. Uh, at least for me, um, crime would be number two. Yeah. If I have uh, a rash like, you know, um, we have a, a pretty – You know, pretty um, economically well-to-do community in my district. Mm -hmm. And uh, people pay a premium to purchase property there. And uh, our crime numbers for violent crimes and property crimes are not what they are uh, in terms of intensity in other areas of the city. So... When that spikes for some reason, and we had a spike a couple of years ago so uh, in uh, um, like carjackings and uh, yeah, and violent situations in our community, and it, as it turns out, it was a result of an increase in youth crime. We had 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids doing this stuff. Yeah. So when that happened, you can always tell by the attendance at the community meetings, uh, you know... We were busting at the seams at the venue that we chose for that meeting uh because of people coming out over concern over this so um those are the two things that get uh get the hot buttons going as as
1: much as anything zoning and crime have have you noticed that when you have obviously the the police department there in Nashville has a, a map of some kind that shows where all, most of the trouble is coming from, mm-hmm. and they've probably known it for years. Uh, are they? Do they have the manpower to go into these uh, major crime areas and be able to be um, welcomed into those? Because I know that a lot of the uh, crime that goes on there, in those areas, the people who actually live there, Want the police officers mm-hmm. in there? Right. It's the bad people that go in there that that cause all the disruption. Are, are, do you have the manpower to take care of those particular troubled areas to go in and calm it down? And let's face it, in, in most major cities, there are areas that you don't want to go into, but uh, the people who live there. They become victims themselves by but by, by just living in an area where it's it's dangerous for even the police officers to go into
2: so it's a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a more drawn out answer than a yes or no yeah. I, if I had to pick a yes or no I 'd say no, but um, I would say that they certainly have enough manpower to respond mm-hmm. kind of uh, in a reactive fashion to things that are happening, you know, because they do that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the police have been short a number of budgeted positions for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, and so they definitely need more manpower, and they need more manpower to proactively do the things that you're discussing um, better. Yeah, uh, but that's not their fault. I mean, that's uh, our fault as a city for not being able to provide that manpower. So we're trying, um, uh, but I think police, fire, all first responders could always use more personnel. Um, I mean, I, I was a firefighter in 1977, and we were fighting a manpower battle then. In uh, the National Fire. That's Pre- in
1: Virginia, or mm-hmm. not? Yeah, in Virginia. Okay
2: and uh you know the n f p a puts out standards on uh how many uh, uh how many personnel should man a piece of equipment. And we never mm-hmm. had enough You know we were always uh i say always i mean uh, we operated an ambulance and a fire engine out of our station, and we had a five man shift They wanted five man on a piece of equipment, so if the ambulance wasn't out, we were able to satisfy that but yeah. I remember responding to a fire because I was left back with a foam truck we had there by myself so I was a pump operator and the line guy going into a fire now that yeah. is way 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 below a standard uh, it just so happens that the engine was off gassing up and they and when the fire call came in I was closer so i mean that's the way uh uh you have had to operate then and in many ways they're they're short staffed in the same fashion now yeah. so I guess it's just one of those things where, when people look to fill a budget, you know, uh, what's a priority and what's not. You know, we're we're doing okay here now, so let's give them more people for this or, or more people for that. But, you know, uh, they can always use more, uh, in my opinion. Now there are other people's opinions who, uh, you know, out there they want to they want to cut them as they are now, thinking yeah. that that's going to have some wonderful effect but the truth of the matter is um, if you want to do like some want to do and cut our police cut our uh, our uh, our district attorney's office mm-hmm. and cut our um, uh, sheriff's department what they're going to be cutting are the very things that the that, that some of those interest groups want more of and that's yeah. programming you know they're not gonna I mean by cutting the sheriff's department you're not going to put inmates out on the street they don't have the authority to do that,
1: it, but a lot of it, Russ, as you know, the um, I know that we've got a sign up here for the wrap of the show, but I just want to finish this. If if the people out there in these uh, communities that are crime-ridden, if they could work, if they could figure out a way to have a relationship with law enforcement that are stationed in their area they have to realize that they have to support the law enforcement officers because well, the, uh, they want them in there, yeah. but but they're scared to death of what's going to happen to them if they support the law enforcement
2: uh, no, officers. Yeah, you're right. But that's the game changer when uh, when those relationships are established. And, and, you know, those things are going on through community policing programs right now. Yeah. And that is a big-time game changer because not only – Uh, Yeah, you're right. There's a certain uh, element of those who would be fearful uh, of what you're saying, but more of the good stuff is happening
1: from those kinds
2: of relationships.
1: Well, they're lucky to have you in Davidson County. I can well, tell them that.
2: They're lucky to have, they, they were lucky to have you here for many, many years because you did a bang-up job as a visionary sheriff. I remember uh, many, oh, of, the, don't, don't, many of the programs that you implemented here were ahead of your time, and they're thriving now. So uh, people of Rutherford County you know you had a visionary. Now you know darn Jones. well, I started to say another <laughs> word, but you know darn well it's the officers out there
1: on the road yeah, and that the was ones the one, that make the
2: difference. Yeah, but you make the decisions to help those officers do their job You have better. to
1: support the, the, yes. those people. You really and, do.
2: And the fact that you recognize that uh, is, is a big deal as an administrator.
1: And I'm glad that Jay Edgar Hoover supported you all the time that you were <laughs> at the Bureau. Oh, so J. Edgar. Yeah, I told you, i got to shake hands with him. you We're did i again. know
2: yeah uh, you got something you got to do something i never did so
1: i, I, I haven't washed my hands in <laughs> 70 years
2: that's fantastic <laughs> all right always a pleasure brother
1: always glad to have you russ all right all right guys we'll see you in the morning at nine
0: from nhc's adams place home of premier senior living on memorial boulevard it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com. Since
3: 1981, Willow Window's been making homes beautiful all over Tennessee, from decks and railings to doors and windows. Visit WillowWindow.pro. Willow Window,
1: the official sponsor of the WGNS studios. WillowWindow.pro.